Hello, good evening, and a very warm welcome to this very special Old Firm preview edition of the Jazznet podcast. We're coming to you live to bring you all the build-up ahead of Sunday's showdown at the Chamber of Secrets in the third Old Firm of the season. And we're going to ask what kind of successes can be salvaged from Gerard's first season in Glasgow. Joining me tonight, we've got two very familiar regulars to the show. First up, it's a warm welcome back to the wonderful Christine Somerville. Christine, how are you keeping? I'm good, Ross. Sorry about the, the delay there. I was trying to unmute. Maybe that's the first technical hitch of the night. I say we are coming to you live, so how are you doing anyway, Christine? I am. I'm, 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 I'm all right. Um, missing the football a wee bit, so quite glad to... Um, be back talking about Rangers again rather than Scotland embarrassing us I was going to say how can you be missing the football with all the wonderful action against Kazakhstan and San Marino that we've had to put up with unbelievable isn't it shocking um, it's also on the show with us tonight we've got the Jersnet Supremo Frankie Frankie how's your week going I'm very busy at work unfortunately uh, Ross but I'm looking forward to, to Sunday's game um, it's, I was just saying to you guys before it's been quite a low key week a sort of low key build up to the game but I'm sure that will change uh, by the time we get to to Sunday morning. I, I I agree. There's a slightly subdued feeling about it all. Usually by this point of an old firm week, I'm buzzing, raring to go, excited, nervous, and everything. But I don't know. Maybe it's because of the international break and a couple of poor results before the break that we've had. There's, so it feels like it's a bit sluggish and a bit slow this week. But I think by the time Sunday morning rolls around, we'll all be absolutely pumped and ready to get on with it. Now. As I've mentioned, obviously, we are live tonight, coming to you uh, live with the show. Please do forgive us any wee swear words that may slip out accidentally. We didn't mean it. Um, any technical hitches as well, just bear with us. But since we are live, it obviously means that you can get involved in the show. We've made sure that the comment section is active, so let us know your thoughts. Fire in any questions. I'll keep my eyes open, um, and we'll make the show all interactive. It'll be great. Right, before we waste any more time, I think we should crack on with the show. Um, what I thought we would do is see if the three of us between us, if we can kind of agree on a wee lineup that we think would be the best uh, team that we would send out to face Celtic on Sunday. Um, obviously, it's, it's probably going to be the, one of the tougher matches of the season going away to Parkhead. Probably fair to say, Frankie, that Alan McGregor will be starting in goal and Tav will be at right back. What do you do about the two centre defence? It's probably Connor Goldson, but who do you partner with him? I think it'll have to be Joe Worrell. Um, I think I think the two of them have done largely pretty well. Obviously, in um, in, in recent games, we've, we've threw some goals away again against Aberdeen and again uh, against Kilmarnock the other week there. Um, uh, to a certain extent, I suppose Goldson was was at fault um, with with the the, the, the Kilmarnock goal uh, along with Katic. But I, th- I think over the piece this season, I think Goals has been our best defender. He's, I think maybe the injury picked up um, a while back has, has, has stunted his play a wee bit and I think he looks a bit tired and a bit jaded, but as does Tav, um, one or two others. But I, th- I think uh, Goals deserves to be our, our first set and half. And as for Borrell and Katic argument, I, I, I quite like Katic, but I, I must admit against Kilmarnock, as much as he was, he was very dominant in the air, I thought he did pretty well, but he looked a bit slow and sluggish and lacked a bit of sharpness. Um, I think Joe Worrell has done quite well recently, actually. So I would, uh, that, that's a pair and I would go for him, Golson and Worrell. So I, I agree with you, and I'm the same as you, that I, I like Katic as a footballer. I think he, he's got a lot of talent, a lot of potential, um, and I'm glad we've got him. But there's something, 
I don't know if it's maybe a communication thing that the communication between Goldson and Worrell seems to be a bit better. You know, obviously they're a similar age, coming from the same um, the same background, same country. They've played similar levels of football all through their career, so they kind of seem to have a bit more communication off the ball. Um, as opposed to when Goldson and Katic are playing, when sometimes you can sort of think that they're not quite on the same wavelength at times. So I think I'm with you there. Christine, do you agree that you'd have Joe Worrell in ahead of Nico Katic? I haven't agreed Alan McGregor yet, Rose. Are you going gonna to put a case forward for Andy Firth? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know about Worrell. I, mean, I have just got a thing. I'm not a Worrell fan so much. I know he's had some really great games. Um, I just think Katic is a better option. I think he's more of a goal threat. Um, but maybe for this game, maybe Morrow would be the wiser choice. It's, it's, it's an interesting one because, I mean, I can't remember. I don't know when Nico Katic last scored the goal. I remember he got a few really early on, sort of two or three in quick succession. But um, I don't know. He hasn't, really, I d- he hasn't really played Ross. No, no, it's a fair point. But I mean... Is it fair to say though that I mean I, I agree with you completely that Joe Worrell's had some some really poor games. Although I think he probably got better as time's gone on. But I've always thought that kind of his better games were in the harder games against tougher opposition. He seemed to be a bit more solid, and it was against the you know the Livingstons and teams like Hamilton where he he seemed to lose a bit of concentration. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, I mean he was certainly very good at the the last Rangers Celtic game. So. You know, I wouldn't have the team. The team changed too much from that, apart from you know once that you know changes we've got to make. Ah, it's a fair point. So then, if we if we move on from the centre backs, there's a probably a fair argument to be had about the left back if Borna Barisic is fit. Christine, do you do you stick with Barisic or does Andy Halliday come back in at left back? Well, the last I heard, uh, Barisic said he was going to be out for two weeks. So. Um, I'm not expecting him to play. I think Andy Halliday, if he's fit, will will play. Um, my only concern is is he actually fit or not? Because I think he went off injured. Um, or he was injured, so I don't know whether he's fully fit or not. And I think if if he's not, I think we're in trouble. I think it might be John Flanagan. Mm. I mean, that sounds wonderful, doesn't it? <laughs> so I mean, it's a, it's a fair point. It, what do you think then, Christine, if, if Halliday and Barisic hypothetically both were fit, and obviously Barisic is the more natural left-back, Halliday's kind of been put there, not as a, a square peg in a round hole, but it's not his first position, um, but he's been shown to do a very, very good job, and he has the fight and the desire that we'd be looking for. If both were fit for this game, considering obviously it's a very tough place to go, it's a very heated atmosphere, we won't have much Rangers representation in the stands, who would you go with at left-back? I think I would still go with Halliday for this one. Um, I don't think Barisic really likes the physical game. And I think that's what it will be against them. I think we think back to the last time at New Year, within the first couple of minutes, Andy, Andy Halliday had stuck a tackle in and it kind of you know, set the tone for the game. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. I mean... I think I'd, I'd have to agree with you that Barisic seems to... I, I don't know how to say this without coming across as overly critical, but I don't know, does he... He, he certainly doesn't have the same fight in him that Andy Halliday seems to have. And obviously Halliday grew up you know, as a fan of the club, adores the club, would, would fight to the death for Rangers. 
Um, Frankie, what do you think? If if both hypothetically were fit, do you agree with Christine that, that Halliday, despite not being a conventional left-back, should be put in to face Celtic over the, the, the left-back that we've scouted and gone and actually spent a fair chunk of money to sign? If Barisic is fit, I would play him. Um, not because I think he's been the better player between the two uh, this season or certainly for the last few months, because I think Halliday has, has actually been better than Barisic recently, but um, I, I don't think they can afford to write Barisic off or for or Gresda for that matter. Um, I think they've both got a bit of talent there. Um, Barisic is playing for Croatia, uh, World Cup finalist, and you don't do that if you're not a decent player. We've seen he was a good player, and okay, he's start to Rangers career has been a bit inconsistent like a lot of the team um, being out of the team is is injured obviously been picking up injuries and what have you but I think that I think you can see the qualities there and he just needs that confidence from a runny game so I think we've really got to play him get him in the team unfortunately I think as you mentioned um, he's, he's going to be missing on Sunday uh, and possibly for the Hearts game uh, as well so we can't afford to have people half fit for uh, games at Celtic Park. We've got to have uh, guys that are fully fit, 11 players at the top of the game and prepared to go and put their all on it. And uh, for that reason, I think uh, Halliday is probably the, the more likely choice. I think we're probably all in agreement then that it seems more likely that Andy Halliday will start at left-back. And it's it's such an... Un- we've mentioned it before. It's an unbelievable transformation that this lad's had um, from where he was 12 or 18 months ago being shipped out to Eastern Europe to now... You know, I don't really have too much fear uh, putting Andy Halliday in at, at, at Parkhead. I think he's he's shown that he'll fight for the club. He's shown that he's you know he's putting in his best performances for Rangers under Steven Gerrard. He obviously responds to the manager, so I've I've, I've not got any fear of, of putting Andy Halliday in at left back. If we then move forward, I can see we've got a a wee comment there on the YouTube from Pete saying that he would have McCrory in a holding midfield role. Do you agree with that, Frankie? Would you think this is a game to bring Ross McCrory back into? Aye, aye. It's, again, I mean, I just mentioned injuries and I, I think uh, you've had Arfield and, uh, and Ryan Jack have, have both clearly been uh, less than fully fit uh, recently. Um, Arfield especially struggles to last 60 minutes. Um, Ryan Jack, I like a lot as a player, uh, just like a manager does. Uh, but again, he's not looked himself in the last two or three games before the international break. So, uh, whereas McCrory's not been playing, so it's a great great chance to get him back in the side. He'll be fresh. He'll be hungry. He was absolutely fantastic in the last game and on the uh, just before the new year. So, I I would I'd have to say that McCrory has to be a certain starter. To be honest, um, Parkhead's a big pitch, um, and McCrory's probably the most mobile. Uh, centre midfielder we've got. Um, he's really athletic. He's, 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 he moves the ball quickly um, and he'll be able to, to cover if uh, Tav and Halliday want to, to get forward on the flank. So I, I'd, I'd definitely be playing McCrory. It's just a matter of who else we pick to, to, to partner him. See, I'm, I, I completely agree with you. I think McCrory has wonderful attributes and is, is a real asset to the squad. He's obviously Scotland under-21 captain, so there's, there's real talent there getting recognised at international level. So why is it then, Frankie, that the manager's dropped him for so long? Considering all the attributes that you just rattled off there and everything that he brings to the team, why has he been finding himself on the bench? It's a good question, actually. It's, it's, um, it's, it's something I'd like the manager to answer because I think... Uh, I'm sure there's a stat being going about that um, whenever McCrory's played, we've not been beat this season. Um, so 
That, that, that says a lot. I, I think the problem is he's, he's, he's just, he isn't he great in a forward sense? He maybe doesn't get forward as much as Jack does. And it's the same. And, and Kamara is a bit more sort of versatile and a bit more, he, he tries to, to move the ball forward a bit more and get, get into the opposition box. And it's not something that McCrory is really renowned for. He, he can play that bit deeper. And, and tidy up and, and, and he's excellent at that and he's probably the best out of the three players at, at doing that so uh, but it's, how often do you really need him and that's the problem um, certainly if you do want to to, to, to to have somebody to mop up behind your midfield or in front of your back four then uh, games at Celtic Park or, or in Europe is an ideal for, for guys like McCrory uh, to be honest I'm, I'm surprised he's, he's not used them a wee bit more at centre half not necessarily starting games but see these games when we we're, we come up against like the Aberdeens and Kilmarnocks and, and whoever else especially Ibrox are sitting in um, obviously the, the, the ball ends up back at Golson and Morrow quite often and it, it, as much as their passing is reasonable and they try to move the ball along quite quick that, that they're usually a bit slow and, and they didn't really step in into any gaps I think feel as if McCrory if he'd moved back, him back to centre half he's the type of player that can get the ball and he can actually make that sort of 30 yard run with the ball and commit players and free up a bit more space for other other guys like um, like Arfield or Stephen Davis if if he was playing, um, and that in turn obviously creates a bit more space and and, and attacking area. So I it's a it's, it's an interesting question and I'm afraid I, I've not really got the answer to that one. No, fair enough. We've had a, an interesting comment here on the YouTube from uh, Davy Cooper. Evening, Davy, um, who says that if Barisic was fit, then he would play Andy Halliday. Um, in a holding midfield role, which we haven't really seen Halliday doing since, well, the, the, the last season under Warburton, I suppose, and then he gets shipped out to the Eastern Europe. So, Frankie, do you think that, you know, considering the performance that Halliday's put in, the shift he's put in at left-back, does that warrant him getting a starting spot in midfield over players like McCrory, Jack, Kamara and Steve Davis? I'd say no. I think... I think Halliday's quite effective at left back because the, the game is in front of him and he tends to get a wee bit more time on the ball. You know, there's, he has a bit of space on that on that side. So when he does receive the ball, he's got time to take a touch and move it on, and he's usually pretty effective. And but I think if he's in the middle of the park, he's he's not got as much time. Um, and I, I I don't think he's as capable as somebody like Kamara and Jack at taking a touch and then moving the ball on. With second touch, I think uh, Halliday is it's usually a touch, and then maybe another two touches before he's able to do that. So if teams are are wanting to press our midfielders, then somebody like Halliday might might struggle. I think um, I remember was it uh, up at St Johnston we we, we won uh, with Morelos scoring that volley late on. I think Halliday played in midfield that game. I think when Lee Wallace, well sorry, Barisic was left back, and then he was went off injured, and Lee Wallace came on. And I, I don't think Halliday had a great game. So, as much as it wouldn't be the end of the world playing him there, I would, as I say, I think you mentioned earlier that um, it says a lot for the way he's went about his business this season. That um, I think most fans would be quite happy if Halliday was playing left back or midfield. But um, for me, I think I would rather have a McCrory, a Jack, or a Kamara, a Heady Halliday, just because of the, I think they're a bit more two footed than what Halliday is. I think that's a fair comment. Christine, if we try and sort out then who's going to be partnering McCrory in the centre of the park, is it kind of a straight shoot out between Glenn Kamara and Ryan Jack? Or would you maybe try and shoehorn Steve Davis in there as well? 
I'm just wondering, I mean, we've not really mentioned too much about Arfield. Does Arfield fit? As far as I'm aware, he, he wasn't on Canada international duty. I don't know if he pulled out the squad there, but I think I've, I've no heard that he's no fit. But I'd imagine he'd obviously be in a more advanced role, kind of sitting behind Morelos or whichever other striker we decide to put in, but probably Morelos. Yeah, it's a really difficult one, I think, you know, because there's going to be, be three players in midfield. It's just, there's a bit, you know, we need to pick three out of about five that. Um, if Arfield's playing, he'd be one. I've been really impressed with Kamara, I have to say. So it might be Ryan Jack or Ross McCrory for me. They say uh, that. I think it's a, f- a fair comment, although Kamara has been directly attributed, you know, directly to blame for at least one or two goals that we've given away in our last couple of games. One, maybe, but I can't think of the other. Um... So you want me back down, Ross, do you? No, I've got, no, that's, that's not what I'm here <laughs> um, for. I'm, no, no. I'm not trying to bully you into having my opinion. I know, like... I know, I know. It's just so hard, and that's why I'm not the manager. But I probably wouldn't bring Stephen Davis back. No. I don't think I would start him. No, um, I'm, the, I'm the same as you. I don't know that he's... He's certainly not proved that he's got the same levels of fitness as everyone else. He's not kind of shown that he's got the... I don't know, the, the same attacking guile that he certainly had in his previous spell at the club. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. I think it could go either way. On right. um, well, I'm happy with three out of um, McCrory, Jack, Arfield and Kamara. So I'm happy with three out of those four. And how about then in the wide positions? As presumably you're saying Ryan Kent left and Daniel Kandias right. Don't see any other... I mean, the, the, the manager has picked the, the three front guys. Um, you know, he's, he's hardly changed that at all. Maybe, I, I don't know whether Gresda would come into his thinking, but I don't think he's really done anything to suggest that he will come into no. it. So, um, you know, he's always good to have in the bench, I suppose. But um, I think Candice, Candice has been through it before and Kent had a great game against them at New Year so I don't think there's really much doubt who you know who's going to play there Aye and there's probably even less doubt about who's going to play <laughs> up top I mean presumably this is the kind of game that Umar Sadiq would have been perfect for Of course <laughs> but um, since he's been not very um, flattering in his uh, interviews if we believe everything we read in the papers um, Aye yeah, I'm just you know, gutted that we've got Jermaine Defoe on the, the bench instead of him. I know, I know, it's, it's not really a competition, is it? <laughs> no. No. But obviously, Alfredo, um, you know, I just, I would love him so much to score against them because of, you know, that's the thing they keep saying. He doesn't Aye. score in the really big games or, well, you know, he did score at Pataudry. Um, he scored against Kilmarnock, so I don't really know why. Scored plenty in Europe as well. Yes, indeed. So Aye. it would it would kind of just wipe that argument out, wouldn't it? Yeah. Aye. Exactly. Frankie, we have a comment from from Sean Gregg here, who's actually very honest, admitting that he's a Celtic fan, listening to the show. So good evening, Sean. Um, saying that he's worried that if Rangers come out flying, come out the traps really quickly, then that could cause problems for Celtic. Obviously, Lennon hasn't been 
totally tactically astute and and I, I don't think it's controversial to say that they have you know maybe scraped a couple of results you know the late result against Kilmarnock recently and then the, the very late result against Dundee the other day um, do you think that that's what Rangers need to do to beat Celtic is be aggressive and be in their face Definitely. Well, we've seen that um, at Ibrox in December. I mean, we, we, we got stuck in. Christine mentioned the, the tackle at Halliday, put in early doors, and, and that really did set the, the tone for, for the rest of the game. We were outstanding. We played the game at high tempo. Uh, we were in Celtic's faces um, and pressed them high up the park and really didn't give them a minute on the ball. And the amount of times they passed the ball at the pitch, whether it was Bayata, um or Scott Brown was, I mean, I think I lost count after a while. And we need to to, uh, to, to play the, exactly the same this weekend if we want to get a result. And we need to do it for the very first whistle. Celtic, like you say, that they have been scraping results since Lennon came in. They've, they've not been great at all. Um, so they're there for the taking, as far as I'm concerned. Um, clearly, we've not been playing well either. And uh, it's a big ask to go to Celtic Park and win at any time. No, no, never mind um, coming off the back of a couple of results against Aberdeen and Kilmarnock but I think um, we've had a couple of weeks away now, I'm, I'm hoping the, the, the guys have had a decent break and we've got a few days in the sun or just uh, take it easy before coming back to training and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that we, we can really give Celtic a game and really uh, you know, win in individual battles and I think if you can do that then you've got a great chance of winning and uh, we've won at Celtic Park a lot in the past, we've not done so well in recent years last sort of 10 years or so we've really it's we've taken some doings there to be honest and uh, it's about time we, we started uh, turning that around and I think uh, Sunday's a good opportunity to do that See I, I completely agree and I think that not just since Lennon's come in but under Rodgers as well though that it became quite apparent that the way to beat Celtic is not to sit back because you know the way to beat Rangers is to sit back and keep it tight and hit on the break you do that against Celtic they, they tear you apart but if you can prove to be a bit more aggressive, um, a bit higher tempo, get in their faces, then you can you can definitely get a result there. Um, we we proved that back in uh, back in December. My question is, how much more difficult is that to do away at Parkhead compared to at home at Ibrooks, especially then when that's compounded by the fact that we only have eight hundred fans there? It is difficult, but I mean, the fans thing is a bit of a a red herring uh, for for me. I mean, um, in in these games, you you kind of hear yourself think as a supporter. So never mind as a player. So you, you need to concentrate on your own game. As I say, in, individual battles is key. You just need to say, listen, I'm as good or I'm as, I'm better than the player I'm up against. And I, I don't know what underplay. It's sort of a decent a decent side. Uh, they, they play some good football at times. I mean, guys like McGregor and Forrest are playing well, then they're a match for, for most teams. And but we've got players that are just as good. I mean, and uh, you see, guys like McCrory and Jack can nullify Brown and McGregor. And uh, if Allardy's on his game and sticks tight to Forrest, then there's no reason we can keep him out of the game as well. So, as I say, the, the crowd thing, of course it's a factor. I mean, if you're playing in front of 50,000 your own fans, it's a big backing for you. Um but the, conversely, though, at Ibrox, I mean, if Rangers fans didn't get what they want, we didn't score early goals, then quite often we're, we're turning our players. So it can go just as bad for you 
is is for you to be honest and that's what again that's why we want to get into them early doors and and get their crowd nervous and, and we've not done that at Parkhead for a long time quite the amount of times we've conceded early goals there or just let Celtic have the bulk of the play is 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 atrocious to be honest and I think we've seen that earlier in the season I think Gerard did say that um his players were tired and that's why he set the team out as he did. I mean, I remember we, we, we had uh, Lafferty trying to play up front with Morelos. It didn't really work. And in the first half, Celtic should have probably been a couple of goals to the good. Uh, I think they had the bar at least once. The second half, though, we, we, we seemed to get a bit more belief and we were just coming into the game when Celtic uh, broke away and scored. So I think we're more than capable of, of, of getting a result there and, and and taking the game to them and, and working hard, and I don't think it matters how many fans, how many Rangers fans are there. It could be eight, it could or be eight thousand. We, the players, are there to do a job. They're professionals, and it's high time that we showed a bit more belief at Celtic Park and, and go and get that result. Aye, absolutely. Christine Sean also mentions the fact that if, in in his opinion, if Celtic score early, then it could be a cricket score. Is is that something you agree with? If Celtic score early, it can. No, absolutely no way. Um, sorry, Sean, but you are just not going to get another 5 now or anything like that. We are a much better team now and we don't fear you anymore. Um, I think we did. Um, I think there was, I think Stevie G um, at the question and answer the other night um, said he believed, apart from them being tired, there were certain players that didn't actually believe that they were going to to win. But now that they have um, managed to to beat them um, quite easily, actually, at New Year, then uh, I, I think it'll be a tight game rather than anything else. And I think we'll get at least a draw. See, that's the thing. We don't have, we don't have form this season for capitulation. Um, I'm struggling to think really of when we have conceded early. And the one that sticks in my mind is very early on in the season away at Villarreal when we conceded very, very early. Yeah. Um and, and came back came from behind twice um to, to take a very, very useful point away from Spain. Yeah. So I, I agree with you, Christine. We don't have we, we have a, a certain mental fortitude that we lacked last season. And I remember doing shows with the pair of you last season where we were talking about lacking a mental strength, um collapsing, crumbling under the pressure, players that weren't fit to wear the jersey. So I think that's something that Gerard has changed and we've seen that in his coaching. He's mentioned that as well, that he he needed to strengthen the players up mentally. He wanted to recruit players that did have the mental strength. And maybe that's not always gone right, by the way. You know, we can talk about players that maybe he's recruited to you arguably haven't lived up to the the mental side of the things where they um you know he, for example, he questioned Barisic always going down injured. Is it always totally authentic? Things like that. But I think on the whole, it's it's hard to argue otherwise that he's he's, he's certainly installed a a fortitude that was lacking last season, and it's where you can see why he puts so much emphasis on players like Andy Halliday to be a leader in the squads, players like Ryan Jack to be a leader in the squads, because these are players that will never struggle to be mentally strong, that will always believe that they're the best player out there or that they're stronger than the the player that they're up against and and I think that's why Gerard wants characters like Halliday and like Jack in the squad so I think you're right Christine I'd, I'd, I disagree with Sean as well saying that that could be a cricket score I've, I really I'm not saying I think you know this is going to be an easy game for us but I don't see a repeat of the the 5-0 from last season thankfully for us anyway that said 
if we do go on to win this game, which is, you know, if, if you look at the bookies' prices, it's it's no likely. Obviously, it's not, um, it's no odds on or anything like that. But if we do go on to win this game, Christine, is there any chance that there's still a title race on? Well, I suppose in, until it's mathematically impossible, then you could say that there, there might be. However, you know, we're with the inconsistency we've had this season, we're just as likely to go and lose to Hearts on, you know, next midweek. Um, you know, even if we do win on Sunday. So, unfortunately, I think the bookies are very rarely wrong. So, um, I think we probably are struggling for the title, I have to say. Although you just never know. Remember the, um, what was it, 2005? The big banner that Celtic put, um, supporters put up at Ibrox. Why, why don't you just remind Sean of I'll that one? I'll just remind Sean. It was, <laughs> um, it was, we won the league at Ibrox five points clear. And then you know what happened in Helicopter Sunday, Sean. So, you know, never say never. But um, the odds are very much stacked against it. I've, I've kind of... I gave up after we lost to Kilmarnock, actually. So, um, but I'll be delighted to be proved wrong. Well, that's the thing. I I, I gave up after Kilmarnock as well, and not entirely, but it was such a disheartening result, obviously, mm. to, to put in such a, a strong performance at Ibrooks in a game that should have been more than 1-0. I think that's, that's not an unfair comment. Um, to then kind of throw away all that good work uh, with a, a shocking display against Kilmarnock is... It's just it's it sums up our season really. It's really symptomatic of what we've been like this season, um, and the inconsistencies that have plagued the season. So, um, it's, I, what do you think, Frankie? Is there any chance if we get through this? Let's say we we get through this with a result, um, three points on Sunday, and then after the split when we play Celtic at Ibrox, we get another three points. Is there is there any chance there's still a title race? That's six points, <laughs> Ross. So definitely, um, that's that's a doubt of four. Um, anything can happen. I, I would, I wouldn't really want to, but if you put, if I was if I put myself in the Celtic fans' shoes and there was only it was ten points in it, of course I'd be confident, but I wouldn't be overly confident. Uh, there's still a lot of football to be played. Uh, the, the, one of the good things about the split is the, the final uh, few games, five games, are going to be against the the, the, the other uh, five top teams in the division. So they've got to be tough games. And Celtic have hardly been convincing this season. Uh, they've not been any, any more consistent than us, really. That's why we're still as close as we are. Um, so there's there's more there's certainly plenty of scope for Celtic to drop points uh, between now and the end of the season. Um, Will they drop 10? Will we go unbeaten? I think that's probably unlikely. And so that's fair enough to, to say that um, it's probably Celtic's title. I think I, I think it'd be foolish to suggest otherwise. But as Christine said, um, until it's mathematically um, impossible, you, you these guys are paid tens of thousands of pounds. And our fans of our loyalty over the recent years has been second to none. It's been fantastic. So the least they can do is... Is give it their all, um, and as I say, the, the best time to do it was on Sunday at Celtic Park. Come away with three points, it's down to seven points, a gap. It's a big gap, of course there is, but if we go on Sunday, um, there'll be a few um, a, a few Celtic fans starting to get worried. I mean, seven points is a big gap, but it's a gap that's been overcome by both Rangers and Celtic uh, numerous times over the past 30 years. 
So I think it's 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 a really tough one to say the title race is on if we win on Sunday. But it's like the like the pair of you have said, it's it's never say never. It's it's been done before. It's Marvin Andrews on his knees praying and saying, Keep believing. I think that's the spirit we have to go into this with. And as we were saying before we came on air, Frankie, we probably never we, we all had more hope than expectation this season of winning a title. It was all about progressing, getting stronger, closing the gap, showing that we've improved as a team, showing that finally we've made the right managerial appointment. And I think you can make an argument, certainly, to say that we're, we're, we're going in the right direction. Um, so maybe it was a consolidation season ahead of a real push next year. Um, if we then move away from thinking about winning this game on, on Sunday, Frankie, if we do lose this game on Sunday, is there any way that we can still call this season a success? Aye, it's definitely been a success. I mean, what we what we achieved in Europe at the in the early part of the season is is probably uh, give a lot of goodwill towards Steven Gerrard and, and most of the players. And, and I don't think we should underplay what they did. I mean, it's, there's very few teams can can start um, in the qualifiers as we did and go all the way through the group stage and, and almost qualify. In fact, they probably should have qualified for that group. And yet, it's been there's been a lot of disappointing aspects of the season. I mean, an inconsistency, giving away silly goals and our lack of composure and attack has probably cost us, well, 10 points, the, the, the gap that, that, that exists at the minute to Celtic. So th- there is a lot of reason to be um, uh, downhearted, but I think there's definitely been progress. The games that we've drawn this year, we would probably would have lost last season and before that. Um, I don't think all the signings have, have worked. I, I think that the manager's still learning as he goes along, and and that's fine. Um, I don't think it was ever going to happen in in, in a year, uh, less than a year for for Gerard. I mean, we made too many changes in the summer. There's going to be some more changes this summer. Uh, Stevie on the the Jersey podcast a, a couple of weeks ago was talking about how there wouldn't be quite as many, and that's good. Um, I, I don't think we can afford that. I think we need to add uh, quality over quantity this summer, um, and I'd like to think. Um, uh, Andy Scolden and Mark Allen are, are, are organising that along with the board and, uh, and and we're looking to achieve that. And I think um, whether or not we win on, on Sunday is not going to change uh, where we are at the minute. I, th- I think we, we we do need to to try and finish the season strongly. I think we, we don't want it to go out like a damp squib. We want to try and challenge Celtic or at least make it hard for them. Uh, and we def- By doing that, then we can secure second place. And I think if, if the league finished how it was just now, where we're... 10 points behind Celtic, but the same sort of gap to, to Aberdeen and Kilmarnock behind. I think um, I think it's without being overly um, ecstatic, I, I think it, it's a sign of progress. Uh, we could have done better. It's a, a big disappointment getting knocked out of the cup the other week there. Um, but I think at, at the start of the season, if, you t- if you've been showing what, what's happened this year, I think you would probably have taken it as a Rangers fan, considering where we were um, under Cachinha and Graham Murty. You see, I'm I'm not entirely sure I, I agree with you, Frankie, considering especially as you as you just alluded to the performances in the cups. Um I'm not saying we, this season could only be a success if we won the league or if we won a trophy, but considering the the, the weakness that we showed in the Scottish Cup and in the League Cup, um no really putting up a fight against Aberdeen going out really disappointingly in both cups. I don't know really if we could call the season a success. Um especially if you know the gaps of Celtic we go out of both cups whereas Celtic are fighting for three trophies again so we couldn't stop a treble potentially again um, considering we're not fighting for the cups as we go into the late the latter end of the season 
if that gap was still to be in double figures, I'm not sure I could call that a success. I'm not sure I'd call it a failure, but I don't know if success is the word I'd use. No, so you're right. So of course, it's not success, but it's, it's progress. That, that's all you can ask for. You, you've brought, we've brought in another manager. I mean, that's the third manager on the bounce, or fourth if you want to include Marty in, in that. So what we need now is an element of consistency um, and balance at, at the club and, and try and move forward from that position. And, I mean, well, we're never going to win the league this year. I think... Um, I think we should have been at least getting to a cup final. I think we had a, the squad and they were capable of, we've seen in, in certain games, they were more than capable of doing that. So to get knocked out against Aberdeen both times is, is extremely disappointing and well worthy of the criticism that the team and the manager received after those games. But and but you, you've got to look at the bigger picture. Um, we, we can't expect to win every single game. Uh, Scottish football's changed. Um, we were talking before we came on air about uh, certain games in the in the, the 1990s and the 1980s and things like that, that. That Scottish football's changed dramatically since then, and a lot of Rangers fans, or, uh, younger guys, will will, will uh, not remember the, the days of us winning nine in a row and the loud drops and things like that. And but that's not the norm. Uh, the norm is, is is us challenging and Celtic winning stuff. And then Celtic Challenge and us winning stuff. And, and just now it's Celtic that's doing the winning, unfortunately. And we have to try and turn that around. And it was never going to take, it was never going to be done in, in, in 12 months under Gerard. So I think next year is a more realistic uh, target for certainly getting a lot closer to them, impressing them a lot more, but and, and definitely achieving proper success, which is winning a trophy. And we need to, to start doing that this right now by winning at Celtic Park and causing Celtic a lot more trouble and taking their own confidence and arrogance away from them. And there's, as I say, there's no better time to do it than at, than at Celtic Park. And after the way we demolished them in the, the last game, that'll start to uh, plant a, uh, the seeds of doubt there. And that's what we need to do. The only way we can uh, get back to, to picking up trophies is by winning games. And you've got to do that nowhere anywhere else than at Celtic Park. I can't argue with a lot of what you're saying there. Um, Christine, what's your thoughts on this? If we are to lose on Sunday, and that's kind of at the end of the title challenge, it's well and truly dead if that happens, I believe. Um, what do you think? Is there any way that you would class the season as a success? Or are you happy just seeing the progress that, that we've shown? Or would you go the other way and say, not our performances in the Cup um, and the failure to close the gap to single points would make this season a failure? No, I don't think it's a failure, Ross. I think, um, obviously, Frankie's already mentioned the European run and a wee bit of luck there, you know, that um, game in Moscow when we had one uh, reeled off and it shouldn't have been. Um, you know, we could potentially have qualified there. Um, so, you know, if you compare that to last season, getting knocked out in the first qualifier, um, obviously we get to um, the semi-final of the League Cup. Um, that was the game that Sadiq was playing in, if I remember correctly. Our Correct, old, yes. Our old friend. Um, that was a bit of a humiliation for him, really. Um, although, you know, there's another 10 players on the pitch that have to take responsibility as well. But that was just a bad day, as was um, the one at Ibrooks a couple of weeks ago. Um, bear in mind as well that we're on course for at least second place which we haven't managed in previous years so I think we need to say that we 
there has been definite progress made, maybe just not quite as much as we had all hoped for in, in terms of getting a trophy this year, but there's always next year. There's always next year, of course. I mean, there's always next year for us fans. There's not always next year if you're the manager. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, some of the results that we saw leading up to the international break, you know, the disappointing result against Kilmarnock in the league, then getting knocked out against Aberdeen again in the cup, showing an inability to beat those two managers, uh, Steve, Steve Clark and Derek McInnes, consistently getting the, the better of Stephen Gerrard. There were kind of murmurings of discontent among the fan base and saying that, it's not the progress happening as quickly as we'd like it to. A lot of money's been spent on these players. What's Stephen Gerrard doing with them? Um, realistically, how long do you give someone like Stephen Gerrard, who's obviously a novice in management, who's being supported by very experienced and very capable coaching staff around him, the director of football structure, things like that? How many transfer windows, Christine, do you think that you need to give someone like Stephen Gerrard before you say, look, this experiment isn't working? I think he'd need to have a minimum of two seasons, perhaps another season. And then if it's not working at that stage, then we obviously have to look at it. But would you would you have applied that argument to Kaishinia then, that, that we should have given him more time? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm too biased with um, Stevie G. But uh, no, I mean, I think it was quite clear that there was something wrong with the Kaishinia. Just the performances just weren't, just the rapport between him and the players didn't seem to be there. I think that's that's obviously a, a fair comment and I think there was a story coming out that, you know, Michael O'Halloran physically could not understand a word that the manager was saying to him. I don't know if that's why he was so pish, but I mean... Maybe just uh, illiterate, Ross. Yeah, so I've heard. Apparently, also every day he shaves his entire body. Did you hear that one? No. Mental. I think Andy Halliday said that. Slightly off topic. Um, it, it, I think I agree with you, Christine. That, um, you know, people saying that Gerard isn't showing the progress that we need to show are probably being a wee bit reactionary to some bad results and. Well, make no bones about it, there have been some very, very poor results this season, not just against the bigger clubs, like getting knocked out of the cup against Aberdeen twice, um, but but smaller teams such as Livingston taking three points off us. That, that should never happen. No matter how bad the pitch at the Tony Macaroni Arena is, we should never really be getting pumped off Livingston. So I can see why there's frustration, and I can see why people would be thinking that the progress isn't happening as, isn't happening as quickly as it should be happening. But I think we've both we've all kind of alluded to the fact that this is a, a long term project, and the last thing that Rangers need right now is is more instability because we've we've had a fair share of instability over the past seven or eight years, unfortunately. Um, I think finally before we wrap up this evening, um, we should talk about how confident we all really are feeling. Christine, how confident are you feeling ahead of Sunday, and and would you be so bold as to give us a bit of a scoreline prediction? Well, my prediction is we won't lose. I'll go for one each. One each? Uh, to be honest, would you take that now if someone offered you one each? Would you take it? Yes. Fair enough. Can I argue with that? Frankie, how about yourself? What's your scoreline prediction ahead of Sunday? I think it'll probably be a draw as well, unfortunately. Um, however, I think it might be something more like high scoring. It wouldn't surprise me if it was two each or three all. In fact, I think it'll be quite an open game. 
Um, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, both teams score at least a couple of goals each. Um, I think we need to win. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So whether or not Celtic uh, want to do a, a McInnes or a Steve Clark and sit in and try and uh, get goals on the counter or uh, and, and take advantage of our usual sort of lack of uh, composure and attack, then it'll be interesting. It'll also be interesting to see if the, the manager agrees with the 4-3-3 the, the that um, seems the most likely formation or if he maybe throws a curveball in and goes with two up front. Um, because, as I say, a draw or a loss is, is no good to us. If we want to win the league, then um, we need to win. So um, I, th- I think you'll you'll see that in, in the way we play. I think or, or, or I hope we'll see that in the way we play. And uh, I'm hoping we can win, but I think I think a draw is the most likely outcome. I think I agree with the pair of you that a draw would be a and under normal circumstances it would be a good result. But frankly, like you say, it's it's no good to us now um, in terms of aspirations of winning the title this season, no matter how slim those chances may be. I, I, I sort of feel that if we're we're going to get a result out of the game. We have to score first. Um, I just have this feeling that if Celtic score first, they'll kind of show their dominance. They will then feel comfortable with the ball. They'll keep it tight and, and we'll struggle, as we have done in the past. We'll struggle to break down teams. And I think it's really, really important that we get that first goal. I think that could really set the tempo. It would then make Celtic come out a wee bit more um, and hopefully we can exploit some spaces there. I'm going to go with Christine. I think it'll be one each, um, which... Isn't it a bad result? But like you say, Frankie does unfortunately destroy the, uh, the the title chances for another season. Right. Well, I think that's probably just about all we've got time for this evening. Obviously, as always, I'd like to say a really big thank you to both Frankie and Christine for giving up their valuable time this evening. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, then please do be sure to tune in at the same time on Sunday. Colin will be back in the hot seat then to bring you the debrief from the old firm. Also, make sure you head over and check out the website at www.jersnet.co.uk. There's plenty of fantastic content, a very friendly discussion forum that you can get involved in um, and let us know your thoughts. Also, do feel free to leave a comment wherever you've been able to find this podcast, whether you're listening live on YouTube, whether you've downloaded it later uh, through something like Apple or iTunes or Acast or whatever you've used. Please do leave us a comment with your feedback. Spread the word as much as possible. We'd really greatly appreciate that. Aside from all of this, all that's left for me to say is thank you very, very much for joining us this evening. Let's hope the Rangers can bring us a positive result on Sunday. Bye for now.